Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Steady Focused. I am your host. I am your number one, Mr. Simeon Hendricks. And guys, on this episode, we're going to flip the script a little bit, or rather, we're going to switch up the sketch pad. Help me welcome to the show Austin Saylor from Boone, North Carolina, and he is proficient with virtual cameras. He's an After Effects wizard that specializes in, but not limited to, animating hand-lettered pieces. He is wildly popular on Instagram. His pieces are almost magical, the way they smoothly move across and around the screen. Please, let's give a big, steady, focused welcome to my friend, Mr. Austin Saylor. Hey, Simeon. That was a heck of an introduction. Thank you so much. Yeah. Did it get you pumped up? Oh, yeah. I'm pumped. Good, good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, please, you know, for for some of the people that may not have seen you around the web or in person, um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself with a, you know, a brief introduction. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm Austin Saylor, and I am a freelance motion designer. I've been freelance for almost a year now. I left a job where I was doing a variety of digital designs, uh, graphic design, marketing, animation, video production, photography, you know, just kind of a catch-all creative person. And uh, I had been there for eight years and wanted to do my own thing. And um, after a couple of years of practicing animation stuff, some at work, mostly on the side, took the leap. And uh, here I am about 10 months later, still doing my thing and re- enjoying it a ton. And I've started to to niche down into the lettering animation world. I don't know too many people that are specifically focusing on that, so it's a pretty fun, very specific niche to get into. And uh, I love hand lettering, and I love how expressive that can be. And it's really fun to bring an extra jolt of life to those kind of things. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's, and we that's met. Kind of my thing. Uh, we met in person at the Sean West Conference 2016. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of naturally gravitated towards each other. If I remember correctly, do you come from a rock and roll background as well? I, I do, yeah. Um, yeah. I was Talk in a band about it, man, for... I love rock and roll. It's a, yeah, hit us up. Tell me about it. Yeah, yeah. So I was in a, in a band. I got a guitar in high school. Never really figured out how to play it super well, but was really into like pretty heavy rock music. Um, and a buddy of mine kind of brought me into his band. I only played in it for about three months, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a blast. And I've been to a bajillion shows and that was a big influence on me creatively. <clears throat> um, that's kind of what got me into the graphic design field. I really wanted mm-hmm. to make band posters and cover art and stuff like that. Yes. Um, and I, know, I may or I may love- not have done some Googling and may or may not have found an awesome video of you. In of your me? Band. Yes. <laughs> oh man, it was uh I I yes, I love rock and roll and I was very fortunate to you know uh pay my dues and learn by fire and just put in about 10 years on it and it was uh some of the best and worst times of my life, right? <laughs> As any great adventure should be. Yep. Um yeah, and I I love that that in this world that we live, that we work, this creative you know, entrepreneurial, whatever, that 
there's so much tie back into music. Mm-hmm. I love that, man. Let's, uh, I, I was curious, you know, for your thoughts on this. In episode 12 of Steady Focused, I interviewed Caleb Wojcik, and he's also part of the Sean West community. And we talked about finding your niche, power of accountability partners, the importance of taking breaks, um, intentional, continual education. And then at the end, at the end of the interview, once I kind of wrapped everything up, as I like to ask everyone I interviewed, you know, who, who do you think I should bring on the show? And instantly he said, Austin Saylor. And I love that. And I was, I want to know, why do you think you popped into his mind? Well, uh, Caleb and I, I can't remember the first time we like talked online, but yeah, he's been part of the Sean West thing for a while. And, uh, oh, I went to a conference at Wistia Fest, uh, the Wistia Fest conference in Boston a couple years ago, and he was there. So I, uh, yeah, I talked with him and we started, you know, building a relationship there. And, um, yeah, recently we've started talking more about doing a project together. And so I would imagine that would be why we, why I popped into his head. Yeah. And what are some of the takeaways, things that you have learned from him or maybe he has learned from you? Uh, man, we, we both have a very similar, um, like mindset on business and, um, networking and kind of putting in the, the, the hard hours to make something happen. Um, I've learned a lot from him and the fact that he's, he's gone from, or or tried a lot of different things. You know, he did uh, fizzle and he did his um, financial advice and all of his other ventures, which gradually got him to become the DIY video guy. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I followed a similar path, not literally what he was doing, but I've gone from being a graphic designer to a leather worker. I made leather products for a little while on the side. I tried designing t-shirts. I wanted to do web design and then eventually kind of found my place inside of animation. Um, and it's been a a process to find that same, like find my thing, find my niche. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we've had a similar path in that regard. And I definitely, I love, like I was just listening to his, his podcast with you and Oh, great resonated a lot with all of his advice about working hard, but also taking breaks and putting in the time necessary and not expecting results right away, um, showing up, but it doesn't have to be like a every single day kind of thing, but continually putting in the work, those kind of things. I was like, man, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Taking the, the long vision, the, the long view, slow and steady wins the race. Absolutely. Well, let, let's kind of continue down that path. Um, so if I'm a young person or even an older person, it, you know, age doesn't matter. Right. What if there's someone who feels, oh, man, you know, I haven't found my place in life and I'm doing lots of experimenting and I, I seem to keep hitting dead ends, but I'm still, you know, reaching. I'm still hungry how, what do you talk to them uh, when they're feeling bad about the many avenues that they've gone down? The best advice that I've ever gotten was to take a long perspective on things. Um, I used to want things to happen really fast. 
when I started my leather business, I did some math really fast and thought, you know, if I could make five bags a day and sell them for this much, then I should be able to quit my job in like a couple of months and make a living and quickly found out that that really is not the case for most things. Um, and so being able to look at a year and think that's not a lot of time has really helped me, um, like not be so down about things that didn't work. Um, and really focus on uh, a much longer vision, whether, whether I know exactly what that vision is or not, it's, it's a lot, it helps a lot to, to think longer down the road and how Mm -hmm. every, every little thing that you try is going to put you in a different place. You're going to learn new things. And so the things that I learned while doing a leather business, I'm applying that to my motion design business at the time when I decided to put that to rest, I thought, man, I wasted two and a half years of my life. Um, but now in hindsight, I can look back and say, Oh no, I learned how to work with clients. I learned Mm -hmm. how to market myself, even though I didn't, well, I wasn't able to quit my job to do that. I still learned a lot of valuable lessons. And so my advice to anybody that's trying things and doesn't think they've found the thing they've, that's them, that's like their thing that, everything you're trying and learning along the way is going to feed into the thing that really you'd, le- you'd learn to like love and focus on. Mm. All of those blocks that we build create our whole being that we have become at this point in our life. Mm-hmm. That, that um, hearing you say that reminds me of something that my father tells me often. Simeon, respect the process. Mm. So... And the results are not up to me, you know, all we can do is put in the time, put in the work and, uh, just keep moving forward. I know it's easy or at times I have struggled with the feeling of, oh man, you might be a failure if you go ahead and turn down that other road. Um, but, but I really believe when I take a step outside of it, that, um, it's all part of the process and it all equals who I am. And I agree with you, man. Totally. I really like what you said about trusting the process and the results. The results are not up to you. It's your job to show up and do the work. You never know what's going to take off or what's going to be a big hit or Mm -hmm. Caleb even mentioned that he made a hundred YouTube videos. He didn't know which ones were going to get, you know, six figure views, but you show up and do the work. You can't, yeah, you can't, um, control the outcome or the results or what people will actually, you know, really gravitate towards. But, uh, you know, that's one one thing that I've learned when I'm looking back on my day, I used to feel like a really productive day I could be proud of, but a day that didn't, um, produce the results I wanted, I would be like really down about. But then I, I learned to like not congratulate myself on the results, but congratulate myself more on the effort. Mm. Did I show up and did I do the work? That was a good day. And that's, that's helped me a ton with my ups and downs because the doing a freelance life, I knew that there would be ups and downs, but man, it's like the highs are much higher and the lows are much lower. Okay. And so finding a way to, to, um, level that out a little bit was, has been really helpful. What's the most difficult thing about being a freelance? Hmm. The most difficult. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's really when the, when times are not easy and you have to push through, um, I can compare it to the job that I used to have. And if there was a project I didn't like, um, you know, I could, there's usually like some way, like if it didn't happen, if it wasn't a, let me restart this thought. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. (laughs) Uh, I can tell it's something good. I can tell you're, you got something good brewing. Yeah. Um, all the responsibility is on you when you're a freelancer. Um, it's up to you to deliver. It's up to you to communicate and you can't rely so much on a manager to talk to somebody else or to Mm -hmm. take care of the problem. There's a lot of like, it's all on you. Like you've got, you've got to control all of the moving parts. Um, and so that can be stressful when things aren't going very well. Um, it's very empowering when things are going well, mm-hmm. but when a uh, client communication breaks down personally, that's like my least favorite thing ever. It's mm. like, Oh, now I have to like take responsibility for this. Um, the breakdown so or is it the breakdown or the actual communicating pro is it, is it talking to the client or just w- when it goes South that you're like, Oh, I, I'm not looking forward to this phone call. I think it's usually when I just, I, I have a sense that I didn't follow through mm. on what I wanted to do or said I would do. Okay. And then I have to either deliver bad news where like, it's like the project won't be done in time. I've had to do that a couple of times and mm-hmm. you know, both times that I've delivered that message, it's been received well, but man, it makes me so nervous. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. I, I wish I could just have someone else tell them. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. Uh, like, cause it's, it's like a, a failure. I like, no, I failed in that scenario. And, and I know that like my reputation in the industry is like everything. If yes. I, if I drop the ball on a major thing and that can spread, <laughs> you know, that's true. And so that is true. Well, I know that I, as long as I can communicate and, uh, honestly, I think communication is, um, a super tricky thing, but super important and not just like communicating your goals for a project or communicating how you're going to do it, but staying in contact with people and letting them know Mm. how things are going. Um, that's been a a revelation for me. I used to think, well, I'll I'll give them my deadlines and you know, I'll deliver on time and everything will be good. But people really want to know, like, are things going well? Like they don't want to get to the end of a project and, hope you finish. So, so it's a, one of those things to over communicate yes. is an, is a, is an asset. It's almost impossible to over communicate. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Keep them more involved and, and in the loop than what they would have imagined. Mm-hmm. So Austin, you've, you've tried all these different things. Why animation? Why after effects? Why virtual cameras? Yeah. Um, I tried, the physical cameras and while I really enjoyed it, it just, it didn't scratch the itch that I wanted. Okay. Um, I like hands-on things, but I, I just, I love sitting in after effects and tweaking the, the tiniest minute details to make something look just right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love design, but what design lacked was this element of time and being able to combine that, design factor with 
um, with the timing of things just really got me excited. It was like, oh man, this is just the coolest thing that I can, Mm -hmm. I can design something and then make it move and make it like really feel like it's alive. Yeah. Um, it just, it's something that I connect with way more than anything else that I've gotten into. Who are some of your heroes? Man, there are a ton of motion design heroes that I have. Um, let's see. Uh, well, I got to give a shout out to like Michael Jones and Joey Kornman. They were some of the biggest influences of me, like becoming any sort of decent motion designer. I took uh, MoGraph mentor courses and then the animation boot camp. Those guys are stellar motion designers and amazing teachers um, and have set up programs that are like just top notch for training. And so like, I I know that I wouldn't be anywhere without that. Um, I actually work with Michael Jones now at MoGraph mentor part time helping him out. Cause I just love, I love that teaching aspect of things. Yes. Um, and then let's see, there's a guy named, man, I can never remember his full name, but he goes by J.R. Knest. It's kind of a mashup of his full name, Okay. but he's just a fantastic human being and animator. I love his work. Um, <clears throat> and I, yeah, like I, I've been on Twitter for a long time and it's been amazing to like how, approachable everybody is in the motion design industry. Um, you know, whenever you're going into something new, or at least for me going into a new industry, a new field, I was very nervous about feeling like the outsider or the newbie, the guy who people would laugh at cause he's not as good as everybody else. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the reality of the situation. And I think this is a lot like to me, I've learned this ab- about people connecting through the internet is there's just a lot of really good people out there. Um, and reaching out to somebody who is doing something that you appreciate. I've almost never received anything. No, I've never received anything negative and I've almost always received more than I expected in response. So emailing somebody that like, man, I really like that animation. They would Uh usually send me an email back. That's like four times longer than what I sent explaining how they did it. And if I ever want to connect with them again, just send them another email. Oh, that Um, is an awesome feeling when you reach out. And they, it's a big pat on the back, a big welcome to the club, man. We're glad you're here, you know, encouragement. Totally. Yes. Yeah. And that kind of leads into my kind of my next thought was if if there is someone out there that's listening that wants to get into animation or motion graphics um, or just even being a freelance artist, what do you tell them? Two things. One is work on your craft and know that you can do the work. Like that's, that's kind of the first and foremost thing. Um, like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's huge on social media and he has a gigantic following, but he always says, I worked on a business for like 10 or 15 years before I ever put my face out there before I ever said anything. Mm -hmm. He's like, do the work, get good at it. So I think that's really important. Um, not necessarily that you have to wait 10 years, but get good at your craft whether it's photography, video or animation or design, whatever it is, get good at the craft and then also be connecting with other people. Um, the internet is such an amazing place to connect, whether it's through Twitter or Instagram, there's little pockets of communities for whatever you're doing. So reach out, connect with people, send emails. 
And if you can ever meet up in person, that's like an amazing jump up. Um, everybody's connecting online, but if you can meet person to person, face to face, you're going to make such a bigger impact and receive a bigger impact from anybody. Um, I don't know. I think for me, if I, if I, let me restart that sentence. If, uh, if I hadn't yeah, been connecting with people online, I don't think that my freelance career would have gone as well as it has. Mm. Um, most of the jobs that I've received have been from like word of mouth. Somebody knows that I went freelance and that I'm available or, you know, I get connected with a studio because they saw my work through a guy that retweeted my thing on Twitter ah. and just making connections with people and being really genuine. You know, it's not about, I'm going to make a connection with you because I want a job. It's, I want a connection with you because you're interesting and we can share information. We can help each other. Mm. So what kind of the bullet points I just saw in my brain is don't be afraid to put yourself out there, put yourself out there mm -hmm. and genuinely connect with someone um, and, and look at the long-term haul of it. Again, we're looking at the long vision and, uh, and connect and go for it. Yep. And you and I are walking that walk. We're talking, you know, we're talking the talk, but we're also walking the walk that we are both uh, strongly active in the Sean West community. Mm -hmm. uh, what is Sean West and why are you involved with it? I was listening to the Sean West podcast. Uh, man, you know, I have a funny connection with Sean. So when I was, before I even did video production, work at all a couple like several years ago I was following Sean's lettering work um <clears throat> and then I saw like oh this guy's doing a podcast that's interesting so I listened to a couple episodes but then I stopped listening to podcasts altogether for a while popped back in and was like man he's at like episode 100 and something this is insane he's really going for it so I started paying a lot more attention and then he said like you know I've got this community thing so I thought well I've got a few extra bucks. I'll throw it towards this monthly membership and see, see how it goes. And, uh, it really changed a lot for me. And I decided to join full time, like, you know, get the yearly subscription or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I've been in there for gosh, uh, about two years now. Wow. Yeah. I think it was about this time two years ago that I joined and, um, yeah, it's changed a lot for me. I've made a lot of amazing connections in the community and, uh, mostly it was like a inspiration to wake up early and get work done before I went to my day job. Yes. And I know that if I hadn't, that's one of those things where if, if I hadn't been so encouraged to put in a lot of extra work in like outside of my day job, um, that I, I wouldn't be where I am today. Cause I spent years hoping that my portfolio for my day job would like bring about new opportunities, but I wasn't mm -hmm. doing the work that I wanted to get hired for. Okay. So, that's kind of an impossibility. If you're not doing the work that you want to get hired for, how are people going to know what you want to get work for? You know, you're not going to get those kind of jobs. Oh, um, so yeah, the good. Sean West community helped me like get pushed me to do the hard work of like waking up early or staying up late or whatever it was to, to get my work done. Because literally there are passionate, hardworking individuals just like yourself, just like myself literally all around the world who are all hungry on the come up and it's just like we all plug in to that community 
And we kind of look around and we're like, oh, or, or at least I have. I've said, man, I don't have any excuse not to wake up tomorrow morning and, and do something that's going to better myself, whether it's meditate or write or work on a project. Because when, when I'm by myself and just isolated, it's very easy to, oh, it's okay, Simeon, you don't have to do that. It's too hard. But then once you get plugged in the community, you look around like, oh, shoot, man, I better, I better step my game up. These people are mm-hmm. for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know that... <coughs> I know that there are times when I take it for granted that like I, I have a community like that. Um, I've got a few, a handful of like groups of people that I'm, that I stay connected with. And, um, I know that there are some people that don't have that at all. Haven't either found it or searched out for it, but man, when you're, when you're not in community like that, you're missing something that's just incredible. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying not to take that for granted, and it's a it's a really f- fantastic um, way to stay connected with people and stay motivated. Well, now it's 2017. This is going to be the second episode of the year, episode 15. Um, what's on your goal list? What are you passionate to attack? What are you hungry for right now? I am super focused on getting. <laughs> more focused. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> super right. meta maybe. Um, okay. I, I've lived a life of, um, what do you call it? Like squirrel. My wife calls me the yes. squirrel boy. Like, Oh, Oh, this looks exciting. Oh, that's sparkly over there. Yeah. Oh, squirrel. Yeah. And, um, I'm even with my just deciding to do lettering animation, that's been a huge step for me. And I, I want to dive in to, learning more about lettering animation. I want to learn more mm-hmm. about animation in general and teaching people. And so I'm, I'm working really hard on client work so that I can build up kind of this cash in my business account okay. so that I can take a bit more time off and focus on building um, some really good resources for people that want to learn how to animate their lettering. Mm. Um, there's a, I know a ton of lettering, like hand lettering artists. Okay. And almost none of them know how to animate. So I want to be either the person that animates it for them or teaches them how to animate it because I think that's a a really valuable skill set to have. Yes. I love it, man. That that's very good. Um, so you're, you're interested in continuing as a teacher and also as the student, which Mm -hmm. is, I think that's the perfect uh, situation to be in. Yep. Yeah. Lifelong, lifelong learner here. And, uh, I, I know that for myself, teaching is the best way to learn. Um, I've learned a lot more since I started blogging a couple now, three years ago. Oh, and, um, yeah, I don't see why I should stop learning and teaching. What's the best book you've ever read or consumed? Maybe it's the book that you you've recommended the most or that jumps out to you that, wow, that book changed my life. I've had a lot of those books. Um, and I, someone recently said that, uh, I think it was Derek Sivers. Um, he wrote a good book and I can't remember the title of the book. Funny enough. <laughs> Anyways, he, well, he we'll said, look it up. yeah, he said, um, that, uh, he, well, he reads books and writes reviews for the books that he reads and puts that out online, which I'm actually, that's one of my goals this year is to read 24 books and write reviews for all of them. Oh, um, okay. But cool. he said that he read, <clears throat> he read a book. 
called the happiness advantage and he gave it a pretty poor review. And then somebody else wrote in an email and said, that was one of the best books I've ever read. Like that changed my life. How could you give it such a bad review? Mm. And he looked back at it and realized like, Oh, you know, it really was good. I just read several books like it beforehand and it didn't blow my mind because I have already read that stuff. Ah. And so I've thought about that and like, I've had some books that have blown my mind and other books that haven't and thought, Oh, you know, that's right. It's true. Like it would have blown my mind had been, had that been the first book I read yes. um, and vice versa. So I read the four hour work week about nine, 10 years ago. Mm. And that was what got me thinking about becoming an entrepreneur to begin with. Like before it was never crossed my mind. Um, but then more recently, some books that have blown my mind are this book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that one, he, he goes through like scientific evidence as to like why you need to have deep focus time when you're working. Mm. Um, and it, it got me to rethink how I structure my day. So I, I try to structure my day so that I have about uh, two or three 90 minute chunks of uninterruptible time when I'm working. Um, and like, if I can even have one 90 minute chunk of time where nobody can interrupt me and I get work done, that's better than maybe a day where I have an like eight hours of interruptible time where I'm checking Twitter, or calling people or somebody's over, you know, it absolutely. I know that yes. was, that was huge for me. So it focusing, it's not just a myth. It's not just some, uh, BS that's floating around when we split our attention, it lowers our productivity, right? Is that, is that what you have seen in your real world experience and what you what you have fed into your brain? Oh yeah, totally. Um, when I worked in my day job, there was the culture there was very much like, you just go talk to anybody anytime and it's not very appropriate to tell someone to go away. Mm -hmm. And so everybody was, interrupted all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I moved my desk into a loft where it was harder to get to. So people interrupted me a lot less and I got so much more done. Mm -hmm. Um, because d just setting myself apart and I would still go talk with people and still be like a part of the team, but I just made sure that I was stepping away to get meaningful work done. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I'm a big believer in setting, setting off time where like no one can talk to you and you yes. just like train your brain to focus. Cause honestly it's a, it's a brain thing. Like we're so okay. used to that, like gratification of checking social media or checking a website or checking your email, telling it's a kind joke. of a twitch. Yes. And it takes time. It took me like two months to get even comfortable with working for 90 minutes without checking something. Mm -hmm. Like it was hard. Like even like I'm starting to meditate more now. Yes. I can't do it without like a 10 minute audio thing telling me what to think. Yeah. You know, if, if I try or what and not and to med think or that yeah, it's okay yeah. to think or what I and feel you. I feel that's you. helpful. But I do want to get to a place where I can sit down and meditate without listening to someone tell me to meditate, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's hard, like it's hard to train your brain, but I think it's a really valuable thing to train yourself to, uh, to be able to focus. Um, mm -hmm. especially in like today, these days you you're constantly having to learn 
either new skill sets or new marketing techniques or, you know, learn about a new camera or whatever it is. Like there's always something new. And if you can focus and learn, you can learn so much faster and not get behind. Yeah. There's so much to learn. There's so much to do. There's so many distractions. There's so much, uh, stimulus. It's, it's all happening at the same time. And if we don't take that time and, and this is something I'm re-implementing into my life, Austin, is that I totally believe in the power of meditating and finding that peace moment. So, and for me, I see, and I hear that, um, you know, it, it allows my brain to, uh, process better and, and continue the focus and Mm -hmm. get through this thing that is 2017, man. Woo. Well, dude, this has been a phenomenal episode. I love it. I, what, what final thoughts do you have? What else is on your heart, man? Um, let's see. I think, and this is, this is kind of the state of my brain. Most of the time I'm, I'm consuming too much, but it's, it's usually good stuff. So I'm okay. like, I realized that I'm I'm reading five books at the same time, uh, which goes totally against my desire to focus. And okay. so okay. I'm, I'm, I, my uh, message to the world right now is to know yourself and know what your limits are and learn how to use your brain to kind of rein in on the things that are a little bit out of control. For instance, mm. I'm, I have too many client projects going on and I'm reading too many books and I'm consuming too many things. So I'm learning how to, or learning that I need to rein in on those things. Um, for me, maybe other people can handle that many things, but for me, I'm trying to rein in and minimize, become a little bit more minimalistic so that I can control what I can. Um, and that kind of goes with, uh, Speaking of control, something mm-hmm. else that I've learned for, not for business. Well, I guess it, it applies to business because it's in your brain. Learning to control the things that you can control and let go of things you can't control. There I've been go. really upset in my life at certain times over things I couldn't control. And that just doesn't do you any good. So that's uh, a, that's been a huge thing for me over the last couple months. That's the, the serenity prayer. Lord, grant me the strength to accept the things I cannot change. Uh, the, what is it? The wisdom, uh, the strength to accept the things I cannot change. And what is it? The wisdom to know the difference. What I, I mm. can't think of it, but yeah, the yeah, yeah. You're, you're right yeah. on with it, dude. Um, awesome, man. This I really appreciate you taking the time and, and coming on and sharing with me. Uh, I have a much better point of view of where you're at in your life and you have opened up my eyes to some some very important things, dude. So I appreciate you, Austin. Thank you. Dude. Well, thanks for having me on. I love your show and it's been awesome to uh, connect with you more. You're a big inspiration. Love your energy and your spirit and your heart. So thanks, man. Oh, dude, I, I got tears and I got uh, goosebumps. So thank you. <laughs> Hey, man, people want to find you more and they want to follow this, your progress. You've talked about some big things you've got laid out for 2017. How can they follow you? How can they get at you? Uh, My website, austinsailor.com, is where I kind of put all my stuff. I've got my lettering animation page there and my 
portfolio. And then I'm on social media at the handle it's Austin sailor. And I'm like Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all those kind of things. There you go. So ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 15 of steady focused. We have been privileged to have Austin sailor on with us. Make sure you check him out. If you want to talk to Austin and I, you can also find us in the Sean West community. We're hanging out there in the chat room, giving advice, taking advice. Um, but yeah, this is great. Thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time, I am your host and I am your number one, Mr. Simeon Hendricks. And this is Steady Focused. 